My name is Erin Weideman, and you are listening to Heroes for Her. This series features candid conversations with real women who strive to balance their professional acumen with their personal values. Join me as I interview positive female role models who are working hard, loving others, and inspiring the next generation of girls to serve their unique purpose. Hi, everybody, and welcome to today's episode of Heroes for Her. My guest today is Stacy Thacker. Stacy is the wife of Mike and the mother of four amazing girls. She is a writer, speaker, and the founder of one of my favorite blogs called Mothers of Daughters. She has a new book that just released called, I love this so much, Fresh Out of Amazing. So we're going to talk more about that book today. Stacy, welcome to the show. Well, I'm so glad to be here. Thanks for having me, Erin. Absolutely. So you've got four daughters. Would you just sort of introduce each of them? Tell us a little bit about them and what it's like raising four girls at once, because I know I want to know. Yeah, it's it is pretty much what most people assume. <laughs> you know, we are an all-girl household except for my awesome husband and we just added a dog about a year ago and he is a boy. So everything else is all-girl all the time. So we're, you know, one of these one-of-a-kind family we like to say. So yeah, I have four girls and raging in age from almost seven to almost 17. So that's very important, you know, that we have some birthdays coming up in the next month. So my youngest is the smallest. Allison is super fun. She's loves being the baby. We call her Allie, Allie grand finale because she is the final of the, <laughs> of the girl train. And she just started first grade. She is super active, loves to run and play. She's my full of energy child has always been that way. The next oldest is Caroline. Caroline just turned 10. So we're in double digits. She is the sweetest thing. Love. She's my girly girl. She loves fashion. She, she likes to call herself a little diva. You know, she's all about, you know, being cool and fun. And then Abby is my 13 year old. She is an amazing artist. She loves to draw and also an avid reader. She reads constantly, which I love as a writer. I'm so proud. And then Emma is my oldest. She'll be 17 in a couple weeks, which is crazy. It's crazy. And she's a junior and she's into theater and she dances and just, you know, we're just, we're just tremendously blessed to have these girls and, and they all bring out something different in this mom for sure. I was going to say, I, I have so many questions to ask about this and just about your like your relationship with each one and how you approach just different challenges. But it's it's the question I really want to ask is, how is their relationship together? And like, I mean, mm. as a family, that's so many, that's just so much emotion and, and, and just the challenges that come with girls. Like, how is life in your house with them together? Well, here's what's interesting is I didn't, I didn't have a sister growing up. So I, you know, I had an older brother. So I, the sister relationship, the only thing I can really connect it to is like my roommates from college, right? You know, so, so sharing of clothes and that whole energy and thing. I had several um, roommates in college, but it is fascinating for me to watch them because they definitely have this super awesome bond. And it's funny because they'll they'll pair off at different times. We say they have buddies within the family and sometimes they trade buddies. So so maybe my oldest and my youngest are buddies for a while and then the two olders kind of go off on their way. And you know, they they have such a sweet, fun relationship. Now that doesn't mean that we don't fight or we don't get upset with each other or we find ourselves hiding from each other at times because we definitely do that. We spend quite a bit of 
time together. We are a, a family that, for the most part, homeschools. So my girls are together a lot. They do take classes outside of the house, so they're off at different directions at different times. But we spend a lot of quality time together. <laughs> so it makes for an interesting combination of personalities. So yeah, it's it can be it can be a little crazy at times, but just rich mostly. And we it's a great learning experience as well. So that's awesome. I found um, your blog. I found Mothers of Daughters about four years ago. And I wasn't a mom then, but I was a teacher. Oh. And uh-huh. I think what drew me in about it was just every post and every every piece of writing on that blog had to do with understanding who the mother is and, and her role in raising girls and how to grow that relationship between mom and daughter. And I think it just spoke to me and my own experience. I've always sort of struggled in being real with my mom and being open and honest to like share and cultivate this relationship with her. And now that I have a young daughter, I'm just mm-hmm. navigating that for the first time. So I think that's why your blog to me mm-hmm. meant so much when I found it a couple of years mm-hmm. ago. But would you just talk about how the blog has grown and expanded and you offer so many different contributing writers there and just their Mm -hmm. perspectives are so rich. And I want to encourage people to check out the blog. If you have not seen this blog, Mothers of Daughters, and you have a daughter, it's so inspiring. It's so encouraging. But will you just talk about how how it's grown and sort of changed over time? And, you know, as you're making your way through seasons with your girls, like how has the blog sort of expanded? Well, Mothers of Daughters, first of all, is um, it we've I think we've been around for about six, five or six years. It it started about the time a good friend of mine who I also co-wrote two books with named Brooke McLaughlin started a blog for Mothers of Boys with a friend. And their 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 blog's called the Mob Society, which I love, Mothers of Boys. And it so about that same time there was a group of us girl moms who said, Hey, we need to do this for mothers of daughters. And so we kind of grew together with the mob society and the and mothers of daughters. We used to be called the Mod Squad, M-O-D Squad, which is what we are on Facebook to this day. But it, the, the idea was just to come together as a group of moms and say, you know, we're modern moms. You know, we 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 live in this day and age. We all love technology. We all love our fast food. We all love our Starbucks, all those things. But we want to raise our girls with vintage values and timeless truth. And so as we write, we really try as best we can, though we do topics at times, like right now we're going through a topic on beauty, is to say, what does God's word say about this? And how can I apply his truth to to raising my daughter? And then sometimes also we just focus on the mom as well. We have an unbelievable writing team and we have a lot of alumni that have come through as well. So our, our, our archives are rich, let me tell you. We have moms that are adoptive moms. We have had, you know, moms that, you know, that have graduated all their daughters or maybe they're in, they're in college now. We have moms that have little babies. I mean, we have moms that have multiple daughters and you know, single daughters, and they're all passionate for raising girls who love the Lord and pursue Him. But also they know that part of that is as a mom, they, they need to do that as well and pursue the Lord in their own personal relationship and model that for their girls. So we just, we just, we just kind of do it all together. It's like a team effort and our writers really make it what it is. I just get, I just get the chance to steward it and read everything. (laughs) So that's all, that's what my job is, is to, to, to step back and let these awesome girl moms share their experience. And so we'd love if anybody wants to 
to follow us that they can find us on Facebook, Instagram, all sorts of places too. So yeah, and for those listening, do that because it's really I mean, I, I, even just the, what I've recently read, like Terry Lynn Underwood prayers for girls and Mary yeah. Carver, the one you guys just posted about her and, uh-huh. the, and the one like she's doing a mini makeover with her daughter and like watching her put makeup on and how yeah. are we talking about that? And what does that look like in my house? And just it's all these real situations that we're all going to encounter anyway. But you've got this mom who's like navigating it and then telling you the story of like what she's seen and what she's observing in her child and how to sort of find those moments where you're pouring in the Lord's wisdom. Because a lot of times if we're not using his truth as sort of our North Star and we're trying to do this on our own, it can be really confusing and 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 leave us sort of wondering well, how do we do this exactly? Right. And I think it's nice too to know that you're not alone. And, you know, raising girls in today's, you know, today's age, to the times that we live in, it's really hard. And there's so many things that come against us as, as, as moms in general, but also just raising girls. The culture is, it's fierce and it's, it's a hard place to be a girl. And I think what I love about what I learn as I read is that these moms are going through the same thing I'm going through. And we're all just trying to walk together and to, to find a way to raise girls the best we can. But we know that the foundation of that is in God's word and his truth and also through prayer, you know, just to, to be encouraging to just to know that, Hey, you know what? She's struggling with this as well. You know, my girls aren't perfect. Oh my goodness. So, so somebody else's kids aren't perfect either. Okay. Well, let me read this and see what she thinks I should, you know, it's just, it's just encouraging to know you're not alone and it's, you know, it's a good read. So. Can you think of like, I mean, in, in the past, and you've got so many different, again, experiences with four different daughters and four totally mm-hmm. different seasons of life. Like what have been some of the encouragements or the verses or stories from the word that you've really sort of latched onto recently mm-hmm. as, as <laughs> like, okay, this is a tool or this is, this is some truth that I can pour into my daughter. Have there been like recent challenges or maybe with Allie's just starting school? Like she didn't, she just start first grade. She did. You know, I think the years that have been the hardest for me were when they were very small and I found myself just really exhausted and just feeling like that, that, that weary mom feeling. I think that those were really hard years now that she's older and you know, she's, she's, I don't want to say the easy one. (laughs) I won't say the easy one. That's not fair. But I think um, where we have, you know, obviously where we hit the road, the, the bumps in the road tend to be as the girls get older. And so I can, the one thing I was thinking of is actually just wrote about it today uh, with my oldest daughter, Emma, who is a dancer. And she had really struggled recently with comparison. And I think that's something that all girls deal with. I know I deal with it. And I think that there's this curse of comparison that we, we look around and we think everybody else has it all together. And so a couple years ago, she was dancing and her dance studio used to meet in a church. And they they ended up being able to take over a studio space and they started to get they had mirrors for the first time. And so for the first time in a really long time, she was watching herself dance in Mm -hmm. front of a mirror where she had only had her instructor before to look at. And so suddenly she's looking around and she's seeing these other girls that are dancing that that don't look like her, that don't dance like her. And so she starts comparing Mm -hmm. and it really sent her down a spiral 
to where she almost quit dancing. And as I began to, you know, to kind of uncover that with her through a series, and this is another thing as a girl mom, you don't always get to the heart of the issue in the first conversation. Sometimes it takes several conversations before you get to the heart of what's going on in your girl. And so after several conversations, we would be on our way back from ballet and I would be talking with her. She finally admitted that she had lost her confidence in dancing because she was looking around at what all the other girls were doing and she felt like she didn't measure up. So as we began to talk about that and the truth of God's word, what really stood out to her was that she needed to dance for an audience of one, that she needed to live loved, to to realize that the only audience that mattered was the Lord. And to look at these other girls, and when I talked with another dance mom, I found out that the other girls were feeling the same way. And so I was able to point that out to her. She had no idea that the other girls were struggling too. So once she was able to connect, wait a minute, I'm not the only one struggling, those three things began to ground her. And and really the truth from Joshua um, 1.9, which, you know, behold, I'm with you, be strong and courageous, um, you know, I'll be with you, you know, wherever you go. That verse, which she actually ended up writing in her ballet shoe. So every time she slips it on to remind her that she's not alone and the one she's dancing on, the foundation of who she's dancing for is is the Lord. It completely transformed her. Now, she still struggles <laughs> because, you know, it's if once you have something that you struggle with, that's something the enemy is going to keep digging up in, in your life. But I think that was one instance that we were able to walk through and really pull truth from God's word. And actually, so I wrote about that this, today in a blog post for um, Terry Lynn's blog, Prayers for Girls, um, and just talking about, you know, that's a truth that as moms, we can grab onto too. It's not just for our girls, but really realizing that we have to focus on who the Lord says we are and not how we look compared to other people. Oh, I love that so a- much. And she like, and every time she puts those ballet shoes on, she's going to see that verse. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't that so? Now, I, I cannot take credit for that at all. <laughs> that was her putting those in her shoes. In fact, I didn't even know she had done it. This this story um, happened actually about a, a couple years ago. And just like uh, it was like a month ago, she brought me her ballet shoes and they were they uh, for those that aren't dancers uh, shoes. They they call, they go dead is what they call like the box goes dead in the shoe. And so you have to get new ones. And but her her instructor said, if you take super glue and pour it in the box, you can like save the shoe. Mm-hmm. So I was trying trying my, you know, my $2 fix (laughs) to not have to invest in new toe shoes. And um, anyway, I I saw the verse in there and I said, Hey, tell me about this. And she goes, well, you remember when, when I was really struggling and, and I was really worried about how I looked and how I danced. Well, I decided I was going to write this and another verse in the other shoe as well. She's like, I just want to see it every time I put it on. I just thought, don't we all need to do that? Don't we all need to think of a verse that we can put on every morning to help us remember that we're loved, that 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 God is with us? I mean, it's not I can't take credit for that. <laughs> that was totally her. Super cool. No, I just I think too what you're saying about comparison, like that that word has been a word for me for a long time and just the burden of that and feeling like you know, looking around and just measuring yourself against every other girl you see and they seem to be doing it right, but I'm not doing it right. And that can be really overwhelming. But I want to sort of segue here into your new book, because I think, you know, and, and I'm thinking about my own daughter and you just her experience. And as she grows up, she is going to face some of these things. But just as a mom, too, and I love the title and it's I love it because it's cute, but I love it because it's something I feel like it's this adorable approach to like how you feel when you're super tired and overwhelmed and burdened by something. And I I like the idea of saying, well, you know what? I'm fresh out of amazing. (laughs) 
So Stacey, who is this book for and why did you feel inspired to write it? Oh, wow. This book, I have a feeling it's for every woman who's ever felt like she needs to be amazing and she's just completely overwhelmed and fresh out of amazing. Years ago, I wrote a blog post and in this blog post, I use those words, Lord, I feel like I need to be amazing and I'm fresh out. Now, at that time, I thought I was the only person <laughs> that felt that way. But as I began to write and unpack it, it, apparently other women feel the same way. And so it's for any woman who is burdened and busy, like she's just overwhelmed with life. Um, it's for the girl who feels like her dreams have died. It's for the girl who is believing lies. Maybe she's struck with the feeling that she can't find truth and she's just buried in lies. It's for the girl, by girl, I mean, I mean, big girls, women. <laughs> we were talking about daughters before. This is really for moms who's stuck in comparison, comparing her life to other women all around her who everyone else seems to be amazing and she's not. And then it's also for the, for the woman who is going through loss or grief, who's struggled, uh, maybe the loss of something really important or a person, you know, struggling and hurting through the pain of grief. And so the first part of the book really walks through those different ways that we find ourselves fresh out of amazing. So I think that pretty much could cover just about everyone. I well, think, I, I think you, you make an important distinction here too, because this book is for moms, but I want to yes. encourage people listening as Stacy unpacks this and because the book is divided into to, to sections based on types of, of being fresh out of amazing, what, what exactly that looks like. But you know, you can, just sort of search your own heart in the next couple of minutes and try to identify if one of these is you or if more than one is you. And as I as I even know the description of these ahead of time, I'm going, oh my gosh, that's me on some days and then this is me on other days. So, <laughs> exactly. Stacey, will you just give people a chance to sort of listen into, you know, the first section of the book focuses on these five different types of women who are fresh out of amazing. So what ways are those and how can we be on the lookout for those? Right. Okay. So the first way in what I'd love to do, because I think this is a really easy way to remember it, is I'd love to pull out the different Bible characters that I talk about in each chapter, because I remember people. It's just It's a little bit easier for me to remember. So the first way is um, burdened and busy, and that, you know, if you're going to go to the Bible burdened and busy, you're going to go to Martha. So maybe you're like Martha. Maybe everyone expects you to do everything. Maybe you feel really responsible, like for everything. And it, it puts you in a situation at times where you get a little frustrated or maybe you pop a gasket, you know, you get frustrated because people, you know, people aren't really helping you and you really want some help. So Burdened and Busy is really the story of Martha. And what I love about Martha is that we get to see her interact with Jesus because in her moment when she has, you know, her moment, Jesus is there and he ministers to her and we get to watch his interaction with this fresh out of amazing woman. And it is unbelievable to watch. So that's one of my favorites. I personally identify a lot with Martha. I think she gets a bad rap a lot of times, but I really, really tried to dig into her story and find some real positive things about her. And just watching Jesus just give her grace is so beautiful. So that's the first one. The second one is, I got to remember the order here because that's important, right? Um, she's amazing and I'm not. This kind of parallels the story I was telling you earlier about my daughter Emma is actually in this chapter. And in this chapter, I talk about um, two sisters. Talk about sisters. We were talking about that earlier. Um, Leah and Rachel are two sisters that we see. Um, really the first female 
relationships that we see in scripture. And Leah was the sister who is described as she's, she doesn't feel like she's amazing. And then there's Rachel, who's the lovely one. And the scripture tells us she had lovely eyes, which I think is kind of a funny thing to say, but um, she was a beauty queen. And, um, but what's really interesting about both of them is they both were fresh out of amazing, but in different ways. And so we get to watch their sisterhood and them interact and um, what God did through their story is, is beautiful. So that's really about comparison. And then we have, I feel like my dreams have died. And that's really the story about Hannah, which you also write about in your book. In one of your, one of your books, you talk about Hannah. Yeah, no, we, yeah, Hannah's the first book in our series for girls and she's the bell of prayer and it's all about, you know, and and I like that we're going to unpack this a little bit, but um, it's, it's all about understanding that you can speak to the Lord Mm. and no matter what your truth is, no matter what you're struggling with, he is there and he's listening and he hears every single word you say. And when you really think about how powerful that can be, your situation can change, which, mm-hmm. and that's why I love the story of Hannah so much. But will you talk about Hannah in your book and, and what you said to me earlier, even before we started the show was just the sentence that stuck out to me was my dreams have died. Mm-hmm. And that was sort of Hannah's nightmare that she was living yeah. in. But what you, so will you talk about that? Let's just be here for a sec. Yeah. So Hannah's story I really see is that she had this one dream and Hannah's dream. It wasn't like to be famous. It wasn't to be, you know, like the most important person anywhere. Like her dream was to be a mom. And I know a lot of moms, ha- this is, you know, have struggled with this in their lives. And so she wanted more than anything to be a mom. And she, for years was barren. She didn't, she wasn't able to have children. And so we see Hannah and, and the book of Samuel going to the temple and, and really what that really represented for her was getting as close to God as she could get. And so she goes in, in prayer, just pours out her heart, like just brokenness, just, and she's so distraught that the priest actually thinks she's been drinking. (laughs) I think, how broken and just, I think she just must've been just sobbing her heart out. But in that moment, God met her and he answered her prayer. But what he did was he, he showed Hannah that sometimes in our brokenness, it can birth a bigger story than we ever knew possible. And so as he was waiting for the right time for Hannah's Hannah's dream to come true for her answer to prayer. He was organizing nations and people and, and, and she had no idea what God was going to do to her son, Samuel, this gift that God gave her, her answer to prayer. Samuel goes on to become this very key figure in the nation of Israel. And we get to watch him walk with the nation, um, as their, as their priest. And it's just a beautiful story, but she, she couldn't have seen it if she tried. And I think in her story, we also see that there's hope beyond brokenness. And there's hope beyond what we think is the worst thing that could ever happen to us. I love, I love Hannah's story. I think there's just, I think there's so many elements that we as women walk through. We just need that reminder that sometimes it's in those broken places that God births a story we didn't expect. I love that too. And I, I think the reason that that story sticks out to me and not just because it's our first book, but, but mm. because her life, like she was required, well, not required, but like her prayer was that she would give Samuel back to the church, right? Mm-hmm. When, mm-hmm. W- when he was old enough and like she fulfilled that promise. And I think about 
like what that meant to her and loving my daughter so much and you you know you you with your kids and every mom listening is going oh my gosh yeah. could I do something like that but yeah. she had that dream to be a mother that was it was she was so desperate and broken like you were saying but the Lord gifted her with this incredible blessing and what did she do? She dedicated him mm-hmm. in service to the Lord. And look at what came out of that blessing. Yeah, and I think too, and, and, and maybe, I mean, you know, who knows? This is an assumption on my part. But here's this woman who had poured out her heart in prayer. And then she goes and she offers him back to the Lord. And what do you think she did? She prayed for him every minute of every day. Mm-hmm. I think that Samuel might have been one of the most prayed for <laughs> one of the most prayed for people in Scripture. And there's the story talks about that every year. So she took him to the temple when he was three, right? So every year she would go and present him with like a robe, like a little robe. And I always get this impression that she would pray over every stitch, you know, as she made it for him and and every year went to visit him and to watch as he grew. And it's just, it is precious. It really is. And um, one of the things that I discovered when I was writing that chapter was if you look years later at at Mary, um, the mother of Christ and her prayer, when she finally, when she says to the angel, you know, your will be done, her prayer is very similar to Hannah's prayer. It's not word for word, but I look at that. And I look at these two mothers across generations who both had to offer their sons back to God, right? To serve him in a way only they could. Mm-hmm. And it's stunning because they look at Hannah. Hannah could never have predicted that the mother of her savior would echo her prayers. I mean, it's, we do, you just never know who's watching and who can benefit from your story and, and what God does through it. I, I love Hannah. Like I could just talk about it for days. So cool. <laughs> we might want to keep going to the I, other two. We're yeah. going to, yeah. So so break down sort of the rest of that that first part of the book, and then we're gonna when we're gonna transition over into um into the second section, which is really exciting. Okay, so the next part is um, it's when you're believing lies. And this story is about the woman at the well, the Samaritan woman at the well. I also love this story, again, similarly, because we get to see Jesus interact with someone who's not just trapped in lies, but just buried in sin. And he just one by one through his words and his presence there just dismantles lies in her life. And it's it's amazing. It's really, truly a gift as well. I, again, I love to see Christ interacting with people on the pages of Scripture because you can learn so much and you can really see his heart for 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 people that need to experience his grace and his mercy. So that's, um, that's about lies. And then the last chapter before we go into that second section is a very deeply personal story for me, um, kind of what triggered... most of the next part of this book was um, a season that I went through when I lost my dad a couple years ago to my dad passed away suddenly after a battle with cancer, but his death was very sudden. And so I was plunged into what um, I now call the Valley of bitterness and, and loss and grief and um, nearly, nearly lost my song in those days. And so God took me um, in this particular chapter, actually at the challenge of a friend of mine to study Naomi and Naomi, story, which is in the book of Ruth, is so raw and real. Um, We love Ruth. I mean, Ruth is awesome, right? Like, she's like the girl we want to grab coffee with. You know, Ruth is like, woohoo, the friend that sticks with us. Love Ruth. I am literally writing Ruth, the Bell of Loyalty, like, this week. I'm finishing it. (laughs) So I'm totally, like, I'm right there with you. Yeah. She is great. Like, we want, I mean, that's who we all strive to be. But I think what is such a stunning contrast is looking at Naomi's life and, and looking at it compared to Ruth. And Naomi really, we get to see her just really live in that grief-stricken, bitter place. And God really allows her to live there 
but yet there's this spark of hope all throughout her story. And so for me, um, really writing this part of the book last summer, it was so incredibly healing that God gives us that space to heal when we're hurting and we're, we're broken. I mean, Naomi lost not only her husband, but both of her sons. And she was in a foreign land and had to go home. And she went home and there had been a famine. You know, there's just so much loss in her life. But through her story, we get to see that God was working even when she didn't know it. And it's so beautiful. I love that story. It was was a deeply personal chapter. That chapter... um, I feel like should have a warning label on it. It's the one that people message me and tell me that they've been crying through. So when you get to chapter six, just know it's probably an emotional chapter for most women. So so that really sets up the first part of the book. And the second part of the book is really the invitation, which is the invitation to really see God big. So I mentioned that um, when I was grieving and I was really in a really broken place after losing my dad, um, I came home from um, his funeral and um, I sat in my big red chair, which is where I normally meet with the Lord. And I just told the Lord I was done. So in that moment when I just felt like I had absolutely nothing left to give, I, I literally used the words, I'm fresh out of amazing again. And the Lord just so graciously met me. And it was almost like he just put his hands on my face and said, Stacy, I know that you're fresh out of amazing, but I am never fresh out of amazing. And I want you to trust me. It's your, it, this is your opportunity to see me big in your life. And honestly, as if he had said it, he said, I want you to go to the book of Habakkuk. Which, which is a little bit of an odd place to think about spending your grieving days is to, to go to a minor prophet in the Old Testament. But it was really, a, 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 it was such a clear invitation from him. And so over the course of the next few months, I spent time with a prophet named Habakkuk who wrestled with the Lord, um, who, who had been given a prophecy that he didn't want to deliver to the people. And he really wrestled with the message the Lord had given him until he finally decided that he would go to the watchtower and he would watch and wait because he knew the Lord was going to speak. And of course the Lord did speak. And then when the Lord gave him this message, he told him to write it down. And so he went and he wrote down God's message. And then At the end of that, he found himself in a situation where he finally said, and I paraphrase, um, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if bad things happen, if my circumstances aren't what I want. He says something to the fact that the olive crop fails and there's no cattle in the stall, yet I will still rejoice in the Lord my God, not because my circumstances deem it, but because I know he's worthy. And so what what Habakkuk really does is you learn this process of surrender and worshiping the Lord for who he is, not for what's necessarily going on in your life. And so it was an incredibly healing place for me to be. Um, That's really what the second part of the book really walks through that journey and what the Lord did in my life. And um, it was, it was such a gift to be able to work through it because it's really where the, where God met me. And um, I'm so grateful to be able to walk with women um, through the pages of his word. So that's super cool that you're that now we all know a lot more about that story. At least I do. Like we always and, and here we always joke that when we're trying to like pour scripture into people, but we don't know what we're talking about. We say, well, you know, it says in Habakkuk that <laughs> and it's that's one of those obscure Bible chapters yeah. where you're no one's even going to know what's in there anyway. <laughs> Um, so right away I'm going, oh, this is really helpful to have like the wisdom and to know not just the story, but that it like, it poured into your life in a way that you needed God's help and support. So good. It really does. It really does. And I just fell in love with him, with him because he was just a normal guy, right? You know, he was a 
farmer turned prophet turned writer. You know, he was just a normal guy. And God used him in an amazing way. Um, it's definitely been a gift to me. So I feel like we're friends now. Super so. cool. So if people, I mean, this book sounds amazing. I know it just released. Will you tell us where's the best place to go to get it? Where? How is the launch going? Like, where are you promoting this thing? Well, the best place to find out information is freshoutofamazing.com. Um, the book site has all the links to where you can purchase it online. You can find it um, wherever most Christian books are sold. Like I know that you can get it um, at Amazon. You can get it at Barnes & Noble. You can get it at Lifeway, Family Christian. All sorts of stores are carrying it. Um, so it just depends wherever you like to grab your books. Um, it is available um, on Kindle as well. And um, in print, just depending on if you like to hold a real book or you want to read it today, you can grab it on your Kindle or your e-reader. Um, the launch is going well. Uh, it's been out for just a couple weeks now. And um, I think what I'm noticing is because this, this book is so personal, I'm finding a, I'm getting a lot of private messages. A lot of women are emailing me or sending me messages by phone and saying, hey, I can't stop crying. <laughs> you know, it's, I think it's touching something deeply personal. And so, um, and that's just, I'm just humbled and honored that the Lord would, would do that. Um, I, I can't believe I get to, to write words like, like this, um, because it's, it's just such a gift. So, um, but it's also very, hopefully very encouraging as well. No, so. such a blessing. I just want to encourage everybody listening and we're going to have links, um, helpful links and just easy ways to find this book up on our website as well. And when we launch the show notes, be on the lookout for that. But, um, really just want to encourage you to find out what Stacey Thacker is doing. She, she is just a tireless champion for women. Um, mm. And, and just an encourager, a supporter. And, and for those of you and me that are moms, um, this is somebody that we just that, that we should be hearing from. So, Stacey, we I hate to have to wrap up, especially after so many dropped calls, but I love yes. chatting with you. Um, what we do at the end of each episode is something that we call the scoop. It's three rapid fire questions for you to answer. Are you ready? Okay. I'm ready. We're not going to drop the call. We're going to get. Okay. It. Well, even if we do, we'll just handle it. Okay. So okay. question one, obviously Bible bells, the podcast is called heroes for her. We love heroes and role models for girls. So who was your hero growing up? My hero growing up would absolutely be my mom. And you know, that's probably seems like a, a obvious answer for some girls, but my mom spent every morning at the table with her Bible open, praying for me and my brother and my dad. And to this day, she still does the same thing. So definitely going to go with my mom. Second question. What is the best piece of advice that you've ever received? Now are we talking about raising girls or just advice in any, general? Any advice. I always love this question because I get so many different answers, but just a piece of advice that sticks out to you as something that was really powerful. Okay. I'm going to go with raising girls because I know that's what Bible Bells is all about. So I would say for raising girls, the 10 year rule. So look at your daughter um, and say, where is she going to be in 10 years? And then ask yourself, what do I need to do in the meantime to see that she gets there and in the best way possible? Um, that's a really scary thing to do as moms. But at the same time, it's it's just unbelievable for me to think about that in 10 years, I'll have 27, 23, 20 and 17 like that. That's 10 years. That's a lot of time. Right. Mm -hmm. But it goes so fast. So kind of project yourself 10 years and then think, what do you want to do to 
to get your girl to that point. That's helpful too because we get stuck in the here and now a lot and just oh, yeah. like the today and what am I doing today and just get frazzled and like burning by things that are going on right now. But if you're thinking yeah. for the future, I like, really like that rule, 10 years. Okay, cool. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Third question, if you could have a secret superpower, what would it be? Oh, secret superpower? Oh. I think that my superpower would be I wouldn't have to sleep because I think sleep is the one thing that just, it just, it's always far from me. It doesn't matter what stage my kids are in or my life is in. It seems like sleep is less and less. So I think I would like to have the superpower being able to just go without sleep. I love it. Like you, like you don't need sleep to function. And my, like, as I'm thinking, I'm going, my superpower would be that I could actually sleep. For the amount yeah. of time Either that way. I want and like uncontinued, like uninterrupted sleep without yeah. being interrupted by, yeah. you know, toddlers waiting up in the middle of the yeah. night talking to you Absolutely. about going to the bathroom, which is great because yes, potty training is. is everything I thought it would be and more. Um, <laughs> Stacy, one more time. Thank you so much for being here. Will you just give everybody just a quick, here's where you can find me. I know Facebook is where I, I mostly find you and, um, you know, finding you guys on the blog directly, where are the best places for people to go when they, if they want to check out what you're doing? Okay. StacyThacker.com will give you links to everything, but I love Instagram. I'm at Stacy Thacker on Instagram and Twitter. Still have a love for Twitter and then Facebook at it's official Stacy Thacker. I believe that's the new, new, the new thing. So that's where you find me. Perfect. Thank you so much, Stacy, for being here. Have a great day. I will. Thanks for having me, Erin. It's okay to not be okay. This is a safe place. Thank this you for listening to this week's place. episode. If you enjoyed our conversation, please be sure to rate and review us on iTunes. If you have any questions, thoughts about the episode, or ideas about how we can come together and support our girls, we would absolutely okay. love to hear from you. You can email us at hello at biblebells.com. Just let go.